welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. My name is Big Will, aka Uncle Buck. And my name is Justin. Hey guys. Yo. This guy over here, what's going on? Sounds so bubbly tonight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the bubbles are actually uh, uh, mucus coming out of my oh. nose and, and all the open uh, orifices. I mean, that, that's a good segue. How, I mean, how was your week? That's 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 gross, <laughs> but we're not going to talk about the gore grind yet. Nah. <laughs> but but what, what's going on? This guy's yawning over here. He's sick. How was your weekend, John? Are you okay? Yeah, I was just, uh, no, not. Do you need a ride down to the hospital? No, it's all it's all good now. I spent uh, the last week just fluing it up. Oof. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, yeah. the, just check, check it out. Ready? Coughs, sneezes. Make sure, I, make sure I don't use that mic next week. Had just tearing through tissues, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like how I used to just rip up Oreos as a kid, just tissues now. Yeah, I, I allegedly tore a tissue a few in my day, too. Yeah, that's, that's another right. story. So, you know, I've had better weeks, but listen, you got to get sick. <laughs> yeah. Surprise vacation, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, boy. True, yeah. You get, a lot of, uh, you get a lot of media in, get to watch your movies. Oh, yeah, that's right. Just yeah. powering through. Uh, how about uh, how about you, Will? How was your week? Uh, I had a pretty sick weekend. I feel a little bad talking about it because I mean sick in the sense of like yeah. death metal, yeah. and heavy metal culture, not not literal like you did, man. I feel bad for you. I hope you feel better, Justin. No, don't feel bad. Listen, um, but I'm going to give Our you time s- comes. Everybody's time comes. I'm going to give you some of these good vibes in, in hopes that you can uh, you, you can absorb them and get better. Because I saw uh, I saw you guys ever hear of um, Slayer? I think so. Yes, they sold yeah, out Madison it. Square Garden Saturday night uh, with the help of Ministry, Primus, and Phil Anselmo and the Illegals. Is, is Slayer on YouTube? Uh, Slayer, uh, they might have the lawyers where they're not even on YouTube. Oh. Who knows? Okay. Um, yeah, Slayer, uh, great band, um, great heavy metal legacy act. Uh, you know, most people probably very familiar with them at this point. Man, I enjoyed myself. I met up with the homie Tom Anderer at Madison Square Garden. Um, you know, we, 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 we paid a good price for those. God, I don't go to these big concerts a lot, man. I go to underground shows. I'm not a fan of arenas. Yeah. I'm not either, but dude, I, you know, and a lot of people also that I like metalheads, even that I know were like, ah, that lineup. But I was like, dude, you know, ministry and primus. When am I going to see them live? Same bill slayer. I love slayer. I don't care. I'll go see slayer and Phil Anselmo and the illegals. I didn't have high hopes. Best Pantera cover band I've ever seen. Hmm. So that's that's the optimist in me. Okay? Right. It was great, dude. He sounded good. He he could sing. He didn't. He wasn't like drunk. Um, didn't say anything racist. Oh. So okay. yeah, that was great. That, that's a good start. Yeah. I mean, look, dude. It was a great concert. All right. Uh, I enjoyed myself. Primus. In all honesty, man, I enjoyed I enjoyed every act. I'm gonna say Primus stole the show a little bit for me. I was considering going to that show, and Primus was my heaviest pull. Mm-hmm. I ended up not going because of planning situation yeah. on my end, but yeah. man, I, I've always wanted to see Primus. Yeah, yeah I, I did see Slayer a few years ago at the Paramount here in Huntington, which I enjoyed, so, but yeah, that, that eclectic lineup was, you know, Ministry and Primus was really, and Ministry sounded good too, man, I enjoyed the whole thing, man. Great, Great. show, man. So, oh, yeah. so and then uh, Sunday I met up again, I drove out to Tom's house, uh, there's a top secret band, members of Buckshot Facelift, members of Afterbirth, not just me, uh, and uh, and a, a mysterious musician that people might know from another Long Island band that I've never been a part of. Mm. Um, not going to say anything more. I'm going to leave it at that. I might already be kicked out of the band for saying that much. Yeah, they'll but, get you. Okay. But yeah, we're working. We're cooking up something new. It's kind of like Temple of the Dog. 
We don't sound like it, but that was the band where all the guys from Pearl Jam and Soundgarden came yeah, together. I'm going hungry. Yeah, it's like a, it's like our we're, we're all coming together, mm-hmm. man. But nobody went hungry, man. All right, None, especially not me or Rick. All right? times are eating Very nice. bread. Very nice. But um, I had a busy weekend full of sick things. Uh, I don't want to flex too much. Tom, how was your weekend? It was good. I I saw the movie Parasite. I cannot recommend it enough. Okay, I have, I'm not familiar with this movie. Yet. It's a Korean movie. Okay. By the director, I'm, I'm forgetting his name. He's a Korean gentleman. He directed the movie Okja, which was on Netflix, and he also that I saw. Interesting movie. Yeah, I, I actually haven't seen that, but he okay. also did Snowpiercer, which was pretty interesting. The one of the train, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but this is the the cream of the crop movie of the year. Oh. Holy shit! All right. It's like a perfect movie. Parasite. Yeah. Play, playing in like your your conventional commercial theaters, or did you have to go to like a indie theater? Oh, I went to a Cinema Art Center. Um, if thank uh, you, those of you uh, in the area, if if you're not familiar with that theater, it's uh, it's a oh, great boy. indie theater with all kinds of great releases. Um, I don't know if you realize this. I worked there for many years. Oh, I forgot you told me that. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we could, we could go on a whole tangent about that, man. Yeah, they but they show like you know the horror movies, the indie flicks. They show a lot of great stuff. They bring back the old movies, man. Yeah. Cinema Art Center of Huntington, if you're ever in the Long Island area. Yes. Um, and I wouldn't be mad at you if you went to um, uh, New Wave Burrito or uh, Vauxhall. There you go. It's uh, all... To complete your night out at the Cinema Art mm-hmm. Center. Shout, I, I... shout to Dan Valentino. Punch your local coupons, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yes. yes. Um, Get it in. Yeah. Um, not, not in, other than that, not that incredible of a weekend, but uh, okay. relaxing to a degree. Okay. Uh, but the Parasite thing, man, I can't stress enough. Ooh. Go see that movie. Ooh. Oh, all right. So, uh, speaking of fine culture imported from Korea, mm. our guest tonight is a man who knows fine culture and imports it from all over the world. He has released music from Korea, uh, as well as music um, from bands all over the world, such as uh, Agathocles, Birdflesh, PLF, Brutal Truth, Catheter, Coffins, Crippled Bastards, Dead Infection, Malignancy, Mortician, Nunslaughter. Rot, Unholy Grave, Last Days of Humanity, and even a local MC known as Sir Spitz. That's right. Tonight our guest is Ralph Ferrara, uh, the man behind Haunted Hotel Records, uh, based originally out of Yonkers, New York. The label's been going since 2002. Guy releases uh, lots of kind of, I I, I use the word boutique vinyl. I don't know if the Yonkers will let me get away with even using that word, man. Pause. But uh, he kind of does like the... The, I, this album came out on CD. I wish it was on vinyl. And then Ralph pops up and puts out this cult gore grind classic on vinyl, man. We're going to get him on the phone, get into it. Yeah, and if you had any questions about Will's accent, go back a little bit to when he says crippled bastards. Yeah. Crippled bastards. And it really comes out there. I love it. Crippled ba- that's that's how you say the word. That's how my dad used to say it. Bastards. Right. On point. All right, let's get Ralph on. Hello. Hey, Ralph. Yo. Ralph Ferraro, Haunted Hotel Records. How you doing, man? What's up? Uh, glad to hear from you, man. Um, right off the bat, thanks a lot for giving us your time. I know you're a really busy guy. No, I, I appreciate it, man. No worries. Uh, just want to make sure you can hear everybody, man. Can you hear me? I can hear you. 
Uh, this is Tom over here. Hey, Ralph. Hey, Tom. And Justin to my left. How's it going, man? Good to meet hey, you. Hey, Justin. Awesome, man. So, uh, Ralph, I I, um, I know you, you've been in touch before, man, so you kind of know the format of the show, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in with my CIA act right now <laughs> and, and, and give you the rundown, all right? You got it, man. All right, man. So um, we know that you started Haunted Hotel Records in 2002, right? Yeah, late late 01, but the first record came out in 02. Okay. Uh, you're originally from Yonkers? Yeah, I grew up uh, on the Yonkers-Woodlawn border, like uh, southeast Yonkers, which borders on Woodlawn and the east end of the Bronx. Okay, I'm glad you're getting into the geography because something I wanted because a lot of people listen to this podcast uh, from out you know other countries outside of the East Coast and people often think that maybe because maybe because my accent or something that I'm like from Manhattan or Brooklyn or something or that that Huntington and and Long Island where I'm from is like right in the five boroughs or something <laughs> uh, maybe just explain for people where Yonkers is like in relation to New York City uh, Yonkers borders the Bronx man it's like literally where I grew up the two yellow lines in the middle of the street separated Yonkers and the Bronx. Like, I literally grew up on that border. Like, I could roll over into the city if I wanted to. It's like, uh, then you got the Mount Vernon, New Rochelle. It's all, they all border the Bronx. It's all lower Westchester. It doesn't get the typical shout-outs that the five boroughs get, right? No, never. No, no. <laughs> no. I, I know, man. And I, I think you and I have probably discussed um, uh, Heavy D before, right? Absolutely, man. His parents live right by me. Uh, could you talk before we get into anything, man? Let's let's give props to uh, the late Heavy D, man. R.I.P. Could you maybe just give us like a minute of what it was like growing? Like, what, like Heavy D was a local uh, hero for you guys there, right? Yeah, for sure. He was the first dude around here that I ever knew of that was like on TV. Like, like this guy is from our neighborhood. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. like holy shit. Like, and he's doing it, and he's <laughs> shouting out places we know, and it, it was like it was a trip. Wow, man. What, so, speaking of places, you know, what was it like growing up in Yonkers? Uh, it was all right, man. It wasn't too bad. It's like, uh, I guess it, it's, it's kind of half city, half boring. You know what I mean? It's like right yeah. in that like middle, you know, you can go either way, you know? <laughs> Sounds like some places in Nassau County. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, and New I don't live there anymore. I'm happy I don't live there anymore. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't want to move back. <laughs> but uh, I'm not far. I'm, I'm just like a little bit over now that's it but yeah it's, it's sketchy it's definitely a sketchy place I'll say that it's uh it's kind of I always feel like it has a doom cloud over it like it's kind of like a cursed city you know it's like mm. everyone I know from Yonkers has some horrible <laughs> horrible stories to tell it's it's it's, it's just and it's very corrupt it's a corrupt place That that's for sure yeah you, well you it's a, a, the home of D-Block too right yes yes Jada Kiss and Styles Jada P Kiss. and Lutz, yep. yeah yep DMX yeah, yeah. So they could you yep. could you could listen to some of those stories and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely in their songs. I mean, some some real hard rappers. Yeah, um, yeah. There's definitely. Uh, I think Yonks is definitely known for uh, producing a lot of uh, decent rap acts over the last twenty or so years. Yeah, absolutely, man. Wow. So we got we got real deep on the Yonkers hip hop <laughs> tip right <laughs> off the. And I know uh, I also mentioned um, we might as well bring it up. You you released uh, something by a rapper, Sir Spitz. 
Yes, he's from Yonkers. I just saw him on uh, Saturday night. He just played over here with Onyx and Billy wow. Club Sandwich here in Yonkers. It was, wow. uh, it was pretty fucking nuts. Wow, that's a that's a bill. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was it was bananas, man. <laughs> it was Club fucking Sandwich. nuts. But wait, wait, where did Billy Club Sandwich and you, and uh, that's great because Onyx was known back in the day. Who, they were always with Biohazard and like the crossovers. Yeah, yeah, right? they, yeah. They were like the ones that really put that over, you know. Yeah, and, and they're um, still doing it, man. Wow. Yeah, they were dope and they were, they were cool, man. We we took pictures with them and shit. They it was cool, man. It was wow. a good night. Sticky fingers, man. All right. Yeah, man. yeah, yep. No it was cool, man. man. Awesome, man. So um. So, growing up in Yonkers, when does, uh, I mean, are you a musician? Did you used to be in bands or anything like that? Never, man. Mm -hmm. Like, just, like, joke bands and just, like, maybe a few experimental weirdo-type things on my own, but nothing ever serious. Okay, so growing up, when the interest in um, in uh, extreme music, or at least when does the interest in, in hard music begin, and is it, like, related in your family in any way? Yeah, um... When I was a kid, my dad showed me how to use all the his equipment, and I'd listen to the radio a lot, man. And I'd stay up late, and I used to listen to these radio shows, like on eighty nine point one late at night, like Hellhole and oh, Crucial yeah. Chaos, and those shows. And uh, I got into a lot of stuff listening to those radio shows. I was actually I was a real hip hop kid, but before the hip hop shows came on, the hardcore and metal shows came on, and I would just tune in a little early. And I was catching all this other stuff, and I was like, oh, all right, I like, I like this too. But uh, I didn't know anything about it. I was just like, oh, I'm just making tapes off the radio and listening to stuff. And this is like in the very early 90s, maybe. And then... Uh, and uh, um, 89.1, that's NYU, right? Yeah, yeah. 89.1, yeah. I think Hellhole, uh, it was still active through the 2000s. It might yeah, well, yeah, it yeah, it definitely was. Yep, yep, yeah, it was yeah. a great show. I, I, I loved it. And... Um, but then Johnny Stiff hosted Crucial Chaos, which played more mm-hmm. hardcore. And later on, uh, my friend Amanda hosted it, and she she started playing more grindcore stuff on that show. But uh, the real thing that got me into this, like, deep, and I'm sure if you talk to anybody from Yonkers, there was a record store here called uh, Rock and Rec. And uh, that 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 was home base for anybody yeah. into this stuff, at even remotely into it. Danny, that store really... Danny and Ron from Malignancy talked about that store. Yes, yeah. yes, and yeah. uh, you know we're all still in touch with the Tony, the 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 owner. He still comes out to shows and stuff. He's a good dude, and uh, that store was uh, really the the game changer for a lot of people wow. coming from this way. No, no question. Rock and Rex, yeah. And just for the listeners, um, we did interview Danny and Ronnie from Malignancy, and they talked uh, at length about how that was kind of like the. I think Danny said something like that was the sun, and they all revolved around it like planets. <laughs> that's a great way to explain. Yeah, that, that's a yeah. perfect, perfect comparison. It really wow. was. Wow, Tony man. used to have free shows there every weekend, most weekends at least. And uh, I mean, all sorts of bands came through there. It was, it was it was wild, man. For a small little record store, they really did their thing. They were only open for like five years, and they really, really left the mark. Yeah, and uh, I, I assume that was probably what, like the late '90s, mid to late '90s. No, they were open from '90 to '95. Oh, early '90s. Okay, early right. '90s. Right. Yeah, yep. All right, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in more like my my uh, time period. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm old man. I'm 41. <laughs> I'm I'm I'm, I'm that, an old old man at this point. That means you caught it all before it was on YouTube, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. For so, sure. Uh, can we talk about that? Like, what were some of the uh, the influential shows you saw when you were younger, man? That you were like, wow, underground music, you know? Oh man. Um... I grew up going to uh, punk and hardcore shows a lot, man. Mm-hmm. I was uh, spent my weekends at uh, CBGBs and ABC No Rio and the Wetlands. 
that that's what really got me going to shows. I didn't get into the heavier stuff till like I was going to it live until like '96 or so. I'm trying to think like who's the first like real like I either you know who it was it was Disassociate man no question oh yeah this is so great band man yeah, yeah. man and you know what it was they would play hardcore shows and they'd play punk mm-hmm. shows you know with these mixed bills and, and they um, pop up on death metal shows at Castle yeah, Heights every once in a while yeah, that's they, how I knew yeah them. yep and yeah. um they kind of just crossed every barrier you know so yeah. and I saw them all the time and then Ralphie started bringing over more grind bands and booking grind shows and this and that and uh that's how i just got into it on the live on the live uh aspect yeah all, all the real underground people know um this associate but I, I i i know they're still around doing their thing um but i i, I feel like they don't get the credit they deserve for like the no new, they, the new they, york they really grind don't core. they should because they were really the only one i think i mean i didn't know any while, other yeah. new york grind bands like i couldn't think of any from back then Holding it down, man. Yeah, yeah. Back in the road, Ralphie with the big ass dreads, man. Back yeah, there. yeah. Um, so, uh, let, I mean, before you, before we, we get into that, you talked about CBGBs, ABC, No Real Wetlands. Like uh, we've talked to um, other guys, you know, Chris Basile from Pyrexia. We talked to Frank Rini of Internal Bleeding, and they kind of talk about how back in the day there was like you know the whole skinheads versus metalheads thing, and mm-hmm. uh, it was you know back in the day. I, I remind people there was no like uh, CCTV cameras. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was no cell phones, uh, videotaping everything. It shows people could get away with stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about it. like, like you know, what what's some of the stuff that used to go down at these shows, man? Oh man, uh, definitely saw a ton of fights, man. Yeah, sure. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like you hear those stories about the '80s being like crazy violent. No, it wasn't like that. But uh, lots of drinking, lots of drugs, lots of fights. But I wasn't there for all that. You know, I was just there literally just for the bands. You know, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to paint a picture because um, scene, the scene is so drastic, man. You know, I uh, we um, I, I went and I saw Slayer over the weekend at MSG. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, great concert and everything, man. I could go on a whole whole tangent about that. But my whole point is I was like, you know, you hear these stories about, like, people getting beaten to, beaten to death practically. And, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Like the, the, the emergency room full of Slayer kids and stuff back in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the the it's it's flipped a lot nowadays. And I feel like it's part, it's just the culture of, you know, the, the camera phones, the social media. It's a whole different oh, world Oh, yeah, nowadays, man. It's you like, you're going to get sued. You, you look at someone the wrong yeah. way right now. You're, you're going to be in court. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's become very sterile. It's not that yeah, people I, are nicer. I was at a show once when uh, a kid broke his neck. And... Um, yeah, they they had, they had to pull him out on a stretcher and everything, mm. and uh, I'm sure he sued CBGB, no no question. I mean, yeah, yeah. I heard, I heard that place got sued a few times because of shit like that. <laughs> yeah, and I've also I was talking with a friend the other day about how um some of these like in the in the late '90s, early 2000s, like Knights of Columbus, VFW halls, those places. Um, I think we actually talked to to, to Russ from Wreath of Tongues about this. Uh, when we interviewed him, uh, how a lot of those places um, stopped having shows because there would be lawsuits, there'd be drunk underage yeah, kids no, in the that, parking that's lot. For sure. That's for sure. We mm-hmm. used to book shows in Yonkers mm-hmm. at VFWs, and uh, eventually they just stopped letting us do it, I guess, because they were just getting scared, you know? But the big, yeah. nothing ever really happened, but maybe just word of mouth type stuff, you know? Yeah, and, and all it takes is, like, one underage kid that gets drunk that you didn't right. even know was there in the first place. Right, or, that, was the, that was the Onyx show, man. They, they would turn away underage kids left and right yeah. on, uh, over the weekend. I mean, like, think about it. A, a VFW, 
the show could go smooth, but if someone like takes a sharpie to a toilet bowl, yeah, it's exactly the right. Way. They lose it. Yep. Exactly that sort of stuff, man. And yep. and the, but the fact that underage kids are trying to go see Onyx is like, yeah, it, there's <laughs> something about that that's kind of like I'm glad that they are, at least are listening to Onyx. That's good. Yeah, right. Yeah. So this mumble rap shit. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, do you still follow a lot of hip hop, man? Uh, not too much new shit. I mean, if I catch something good, I, you know, I'm happy about it, you know, but, uh, you know, I'm still, I'm always digging, you know? Yeah, no, I hear you, man. Yeah, if something catches your ear, man. There's, there's yeah, exactly. Going on. Yep. Um, there used to be a lot more good stuff, like, right there pushed in the public eye, I think, with hip-hop. Now you gotta Yeah, I agree. Like, they, they, they had a platform. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so now... You're 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 a young man. You're going to shows. You dig a little deeper. Now you get into the grindcore and that sort of thing, man. Um, like, did you ever endeavor to do a label? Was this something on your mind for a long time, and you kept pushing no. it back? <laughs> no, man. You, you, no, no. You were just like a scene supporter, a dude that loved That's music, it, man. Just a big fan, and um, it just happened out of nowhere, man. It was just kind of like the night we decided to do. I used to have, I used to have a partner, this dude Carlos. Okay, and. Um, he was on board for like the first two releases but then he moved huh. but uh the, like when we decided to do it it was just real random man we were just hanging out and drinking one night and we were just playing records and we were just looking at the records like yo this we should just make our own man it'd be fucking cool just, and we just thought we could do like one and uh here I am, man. Seventeen years later, man. Just <laughs> still cranking them out. Seventeen years. And uh, does it feel weird to say that? Yes, it does. Absolutely. It does not feel like that much time has passed at all. Yeah, I know the feeling, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know the feeling, dude. Um, so you you put out, you, you start putting out records. I noticed you mainly specialize in vinyl. There's a few CDs and cassettes uh, yeah. sprinkled throughout the discography of, of Haunted Hotel Records, but you mainly do vinyl, and you do a lot of releases where you kind of do, like, the vinyl edition. Like, do you license a lot of stuff? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. The... Um that's what I like, you know, something I try to put out things I would want to buy. Yeah. You know, so I, yeah. I buy records, so I want to put out records. I'll, I'll do all formats. It's not, I don't have anything against the other formats. If I'll take it if I can't get it the other way. But uh, I'm, I'm definitely a vinyl guy myself. I prefer. Yeah. If, I, if it's available on vinyl, I want it on vinyl. Yeah, absolutely, man. And that's something that I would just, um, just for the listeners, man. Uh, you you put out a lot of stuff where it's like like there's a, there's some of those releases out there where I wish it was on vinyl but it's only on CD or it's only on Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah. And, I, uh, I can yeah. tell you, 2020, I'm focusing on that, man. There's a lot of stuff I'm going to be reissuing that never came out on vinyl, man. Maybe like the next like five LP releases I got planned <laughs> are all things from the 90s like that that just never got put out on vinyl. Can Can you give us any clues? Any hints? <laughs> no, any not. not not yet, not yet. All right, okay, all right. Respect. Yeah, respect. Don't, I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch. No, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. But that is something that, um, I mean, just you know, again for the listeners, they could go to your website and peruse because you've put out some things that people might not even realize that there's kind of like a, a, a small boutique, uh, so to speak, vinyl edition uh, out on. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Um, speaking of that, man, I wanted to ask you about like your your relationships with some of these bands because I assume that you do have uh, a communication directly with a lot of these bands, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, isn't a Gothicles one of the first uh, people that that you released something by? They were the first. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um, and uh, yeah, that 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 happened because it was a split with God Stomper, and yeah. the reason that split happened was that was literally I was listening to them, those two bands, a lot at the time, and um, I was in touch with both of those bands because I was just ordering shit directly from them, and there was just constant communication. So, I already knew them. 
based on that, and it just made things much easier. Yeah, and and what is I mean because Agathocles is kind of infamous for having like a billion releases out there. Yeah, for sure. Tons of stuff yeah. like like I mean, how did that go? Does he just have like stuff ready to go and he sent you a tape? Or <laughs> it kind of seems like it, man. This guy's got like an arsenal. It's it's insane. Um, he he's just insane. He's just always got something ready to go, man. It's it's, <laughs> it's Jan's a maniac, dude. It's uh, he's a passionate dude. But the, the way that people approach him to do splits. He's he's still like a kid, man. He's finding these old bands that he grew up listening to and tracking them down to do splits, and then he'll put it out himself. It, it's, yeah. it's it's a crazy cycle, man. It's a, it it works. Yeah, a true lifer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, um, and I mean, we could do a whole episode about Agathocles, but that's a Absolutely, band to check man. out. And um, Haunted Hotel Records, good place to to go for for that, man. You've put out, you've worked with them quite a, quite a bit over the years. Yeah, a lot, man. We we took them on tour on uh, in 2016, and. That was that was awesome, man. That was a dream come true. Uh, could you talk about that a little bit, man? Like, take us through that, oh, yeah, that whole part. Like, like, did you? I mean, so you I guess were like kind of like their U.S. contact for that? Yeah, the um, I've been begging them for like twenty years. They're like, yeah. Yeah, come on, let's do it, man. Let's yeah. do it. And they were like, no, 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 we're not coming over there. Fuck that. And I was like, ah. So uh, finally, they played in Canada at Montreal, and I drove up there and I met them in person. Finally, I was like, listen, man, you're coming, and. Uh, I think they couldn't turn me down in person, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we made it happen, man. It just so, took forever. So, so the listeners right now, you're listening to the man who personally drove to Canada and and strong armed Agathocles into coming <laughs> to the United States. Okay, Yon- Yonkers had to go represent. All right, that's it, dude. I I, I had a, I had to use a little muscle. Wow, man. <laughs> so so uh, setting like did you did you book all the shows? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, it was me and my boy Ryan who runs. Uh, Unholy Anarchy Records mm-hmm. out of Baltimore, and uh, we find and my boy Ralph. Uh, if, if anyone who knows me knows the other Ralph, different guy named Ralph. Yeah, so I'm recently at um at at St. Vitus. It, it, the first time I met I met him, it threw me off a little bit because you guys are both Ralph from Haunted Hotel Records. Yeah, yeah, that happens all the time, yeah. man. That happens all the time, yeah. and um, we financed it and uh, we made all the contacts. We booked. It was eight shows in eight days. Huh. It was chaos, man. <laughs> it was absolute fucking chaos. Now, I guess the the real question is, would you do it again? Oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, we'll, hopefully, we will do it again. Hopefully, it'll happen. All right, good. That's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. It was. It went well, man. Well, where did it go? Where did it start and where did it end? We started in Portland, Maine. Wow. And which was cool because the the. The, the venue there this place Geno's the guy who owns Geno's was from Yonkers so I was like holy shit so, <laughs> I love it it's like an inside job uh, yeah, yeah 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 allegedly he moved, allegedly. He moved to Maine didn't come back in like 30 years he was asking me about all these like stores uh, and shit. is this still here is this still here I was like oh sorry man that sounds <laughs> super here. allegedly bro yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that <laughs> Portland Maine then we went to Buffalo then we went to um, Cleveland Pittsburgh, Philly, Baltimore. Showing, <laughs> showing them the gold, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I know, dude. They they were taken back, man. Wow. I don't think they realized how fucked up some of these places were. I, I mean, honestly, what like who better to appreciate um, some 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 of that that type of Americana culture than Agathocles? Who's yeah, totally, you know, you know what? I think they know. left here with a different uh, yeah. view because they probably you know they only see what's on the news and shit over yeah, there, man. They, yeah. they, we pulled into Baltimore, man, and they were like, "What the fuck is going on here, man?" Like, they could, they was 
they were getting just hit up by like crackheads yeah. like every three seconds and they were like we are sorry we are from Belgium blah blah I'm yeah. like Yo, guys just keep walking man You know, just keep keep it moving this is the norm here man just keep keep going yeah <laughs> and all, all due respect not to disparage anyone from those places or from Baltimore or any of those places man but we've all been there and we have places uh, in, in our you know in, in our home states oh yeah yeah, like that, yeah, man. yeah you know it's just a, it's crazy it's, to picture the reality check it might have been for these guys yeah uh, you can get you know, crabs yeah, in sure. Baltimore though you get really delicious crabs true yeah, that it's true you don't only have to have crab you know yeah <laughs> it's, but, uh, it's, it's, it's the uh, the chunky era again, man. So it's, it's everywhere, man. It's it's it's, it's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, dude. Yeah, New York City. Yeah, don't don't get me started, man. Driving. No, no, no. That's Yonkers right now, man. Yonkers is getting hit real yeah. bad. Yeah, it's 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 a shame, man. So yep. So um, the the Agathocles tour, though, man. So uh, any um, I mean, like how how well were they received? Because that's kind of like a cult band, like in, in yeah, places yeah, like, like Portland, Maine, and like like how'd that go over? Uh, some shows were well, like decent turnout. Some shows were packed, man. It was it was like, you know, roll the dice, man. Yeah. We, we didn't know what we were getting into each location, you know. But uh, most of the shows went good, man. We didn't we didn't lose any money. Mm-hmm. It went it went as smooth as I could have asked. Now, so, I, I, I know you've booked other, a lot of other shows over the years. Um, have you booked other tours and like kind of tour managed like that? No, never a tour like that, man. I've done like some two and three day or type stuff, but never like anything like that, man. That that was the most extensive <laughs> we ever did. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a it's a lot of work, man, especially for the tour managers, man. Yeah, oh, for sure, man. It was stressful. It was definitely stressful. Wow, man. That's I mean, but that's incredible. I mean, a real legacy band, Agathocles, man. Um, yeah, yeah. I really hope we get to bring them back again, man, because uh, the, uh, they made a lot of people happy, man. There was a def- definitely a ton of uh, lifer fans like myself turning out and. Uh, I don't think they could even believe it either. Yeah, is did, did he come over? Like, is there like a another guy? Like, I mean, he, he kind of has like a, a shifting lineup through the years, right? Like, yeah, this lineup's been pretty stable for like the last ten years or so, okay. and um, it was def- it was uh, Jan, Niels, and Cohn, and uh, they're still they're still together now, same lineup. Awesome. And I think this lineup's putting out excellent material, man. I'd really uh, would recommend if you haven't checked any of the newer releases out, you definitely should. Is uh, would that include the to save to protect LP? No, that was recorded with uh, that that LP is from '99. Okay, and I reissued it. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I know you reissued it. Yeah, the, 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 it, it came out like on separate vinyl releases back then. Like they broke it up, and then a full CD of it came out. But we reissued it all. It's all what the whole session huh. from '99 on one LP now. Okay, and um. Uh, I you know I guess kind of like move, moving forward a little bit. Uh, another LP you recently put out was the Bird Flesh Organ Dealer Split. Yes. Yeah. Um. Two two wild bands from two totally different uh, regions and two totally different stories. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, man. They um, they definitely come from different uh different areas, different different eras. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm psyched for Organ Dealer that they were you know that 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 worked out because you know Bird Flesh being the uh, such a legendary grind band and Organ Dealer being a you know an up-and-coming powerhouse yeah in the grind scene it's a, it's a great combination yeah they're, they're, they're both great bands and uh they're, i mean everybody involved on that playing on that record is good people man and uh i think that just that was like a friendship project i think i mm-hmm. think organ dealer became good buds with the bird flesh guys and they made it happen yeah organ dealer's and, uh, been working very hard the last few years man. yeah yeah and they, they deserve all credit they're getting man those guys are tight yeah. and shout, um, shout, big shout to them man yeah 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 absolutely man and they're they're great dudes and I was happy to put get the vinyl on that man. I, the CD came out, and then I was like, "Yo, where's the vinyl?" And uh, <laughs> again, that's I love that sentiment. That's like the that's yeah, that, that's exactly what happened. And yeah. I, I I hit up Ade from Birdflesh. I was like, 
yo, what, what, what's going on with this? And he's like, you want to do it? I was like, yeah. And <laughs> that was that, man. <laughs> so, I mean, you have a relationship with him, right? Because that wasn't the first yeah. time you've released material. No, no. Birdflesh was the second band I ever worked with. Okay. Oh, see, we're so, going in chronological order, and we didn't even Yeah, try. yeah. So, right, so, yeah, we have a little history. And, um... Um, by the way, this whole interview, my cat is beating the living shit out of me. He's been biting me and clawing me the whole time. It's he, he just, it, The cat senses the dog that we got over here. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. He can smell him. But, uh, yeah, so it, we, we have a history, man. And um, I think I've done I've done four releases with Birdflesh, I think. And um, it just made it easier, man. And I, I, I booked them here before. and Weird, man. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 incredible. <laughs> yeah, man. they're incredible. Yeah, what what are those guys like, man? What's that all about? I'm, I mean, I'm sure they're they're cool guys that you know. Oh uh, yeah, sure. they're they're all about fun, man. That's yeah, it. yeah, I could tell. They, yeah, yeah, they really are, man. They, it's no it's no fucking bullshit. They they're not no egos, no bullshit. They're, yeah. they're just about having a good time. Yeah, yeah I, I could tell, man. What wild? Yeah. Catch them live uh, to the listeners if you ever have the opportunity. Yeah, and on top of all that, they're a fucking incredible band. I mean, they're they're ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, man. About haven't you worked with Brutal Truth? Yeah. Sounds like that cut off. I don't even want to edit this out. I'm just gonna leave it's it in the podcast. Just give it care. It's having a good time. So this what is, happens? This is a little behind the scenes. Cut off every now and then, folks. This wouldn't happen if we had a landline. Hello. Hey, Ralph. Ralph. <laughs> Sorry, man. I oh. not. I I don't know what happened, dude. No, I think it was me. I think my phone fucking died. I had to switch them. Okay. Are you good now? Yeah, I'm good. Can you guys hear me? All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I just got to apologize. I cursed everybody out just now, man. I got to apologize if it was on your end. <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. Um, all right, man. So, so are you good now? We're cool? Yeah, I think we were talking about Brutal Truth, I think. Sick. Yeah, so how did you How do you start working with Brutal Truth and releasing stuff by them? Um, They wanted to do a split tape with Agathocles, and um, <laughs> it was it. because uh, when they were over there in Europe, I think they, they hung out with those guys a lot, and they, I think they rehearsed in their rehearsal space. And then uh, I don't know, Tony Shepkins, the old bass player for uh, Gothic Leeds, he, uh, he he killed himself, mm. and they were friends with him. And I think they wanted to do like kind of like a memorial type release. Okay, well, respect. Yeah, rest in so, peace to him. Rest in peace to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's sad. Um, the uh, the brutal truth stuff on there. There's a rehearsal in Belgium, and then there's a um, the beast out of that tape is a whole live set from Japan. And uh, it's it, it's pretty crazy, man. Do you, do you know those guys personally, like from back in the day at shows? Right no, nah, just, just only rich, man. Only mm-hmm. rich. Okay. I've met I've met them all, in you know, over the years a few times. Yeah. yeah. But I've I've only really talked to Rich. Uh, and speaking of people that you might have uh, met or seen around at shows, uh, in Yonkers, um, what about malignancy, man? What's your relationship with those guys? How far does that go back? Um, so maybe the mid. To early 2000s I didn't know them way back um, yeah. I knew their one of, one of their old members Ralph Blanco I, I knew and he, he introduced me to those guys and uh, we've been cool ever since man those guys are awesome they um, I can't say enough good things about them man they, they've been a real real good uh, support system for what I do here man is there like uh, like in Suffolk County on Long Island here, um, you know, very frequently at, at death metal shows, you'll see, like, the guys from Pyrexia, Internal Bleeding, Suffocation, guys, very, you know, respected kind of like, uh, so to speak, like elder statesmen of the scene coming out to, to death metal shows and stuff, and uh, and you can say what's up to those guys. In, in Yonkers, going to shows and growing up, was it, like, similar to that with, like, maybe Mortician, Immolation, those type of bands? 
Not really, because there wasn't really too many shows in Yonkers. There really, okay. I don't. As far as I know, that, that there was really not too many venues. Um, most of the shows that they happen now, they're just like bars and shit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I hear you. I hear you. You know, there really wasn't much of a Yonkers live scene. You know. Mm-hmm. So if you saw those guys, you see them at like a a show in Manhattan or something like that, or in Queens or something like that. You yeah, it seems like malignancy. People. Seems like malignancy comes down to Queens and Brooklyn a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're out. They still go out, man. I just saw Ronnie and and uh, and Monty at King Diamond the other night too. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I missed that. I had to pick between that and Slayer, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, was, I had to pick between Slayer and Onyx, so I went with <laughs> Onyx. This guy, man, just flexed on me right real quick. That's right. <laughs> I, I don't think Onyx is retiring either. <laughs> nah, but dude, if they, if they play again, man, you, sh- you should come out. It was fucking ridiculous. Will do. Will do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, so, um, I mean, I, I could ask you about about bands all night. I just have a few more because I, 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 I'm a huge Dead Infection fan. Uh, oh are you, yes. Are me you too, in touch man. with them? Are you in touch? You know. Every now and then I talk to Siegen. It's not mm-hmm. too often, but uh, that was a that was a nice little bucket list band to work with, man. Yeah, I'm sure, man. I'm sure. Yeah, that was really, really, really cool. Um, I didn't see it coming. You know, that was that was really fucking great. Did he reach they, out to and you? They, and, they, and they could they could not have been cooler. They reached out to you, or well, I ironically that that that, that record was actually supposed to be a split with Mortician. What? And yeah, and it got canned because Dead Infection was actually under contract or something with Obliteration, mm. and I don't think Morticia wanted to put the CD version out on uh, on Obliteration. They wanted to do it themselves, yeah. and I was going to do the vinyl, so it fell apart. It was gonna, it would have been an insane split, but uh, yeah, but then I. CD came out. And I was like, "Hey, can we still do the vinyl?" And they were like, "Yeah, absolutely, please do it." And we did. And it, I think that record's picking up more steam now. People were kind of hesitant about that record because it was a lineup change, and you know, people are very loyal to the, the classic lineup with Yaro singing. Yeah, that, that and, was, but, was that uh, "Corpses of the Universe." Yeah, that's what yep. we're talking about. Yeah, yep. And um, but I'd say like over the last few months. That record picked up steam like crazy. Here we are, like like ten years later. So I, I guess I'm thinking people are discovering it on YouTube and this and that. You know, it's an amazing grindcore record, man. I uh, I re- recommend it. I've actually flexed. I've owned the the vinyl since it came out for quite some yeah, time. Yeah, I, I love it, yeah. man. I mean, I might be a little biased, but I think it's it's heavy as fuck, and it's a great album, man. Yeah, it, and it's, it's, it's it's a banger, man. I, I, I don't sleep on that one. Definitely one of their better um, post chapter of accidents. Holy Grail. I agree. You know, I agree. Yeah, for the for the later stuff, it's 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 the best one in my opinion. Yeah, man. And um, you know, it's funny, man. When people talk about space metal, like sometimes people talk about artificial brain, and we'll mention Nocturnus and and other bands. That, but you know, that that space grindcore right there, man. Corpse yeah. of the Universe. Dude, <laughs> I, I, I love that artwork, man. Yeah, that artwork's it's, it's nuts, cool, man. man. The little the little guys that the, the astronauts got the little dead infection patch, man. I yeah. was like genius. Whoever whoever designed that, man. Freak my kids out when they see me. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, I was going to ask you about that, man. Um, but you you brought it up, man. In the course of doing this label, now you've also become quite the family man. Yeah, yeah. I got three kids, man. Yeah, th- uh, your your wife and three kids, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. So I mean that that's. It's one kid is, is enough time consuming and, and and money. It's a big commitment, man. 
Uh, how, how, talk about doing the label and um, and and the family. Is there like an ebb and flow of, of the label? Like when you can do it, you do it, or uh, I, I have to do it, man. Because at this point, it's like I'm I'm too busy not to do it. Like it, it's picked up enough steam that like I'm just up all night, and it's like if I don't do it, I'm gonna fall behind. You know, so yeah. it's like. I, I just don't sleep. I, I stay up very late, and I'm, I really could use a nap, like, <laughs> at any time. What, uh, do you mind me asking what's your day job? Uh, I work for a big company climbing telephone poles all day. Okay. Nice. Blue collar man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely a union blue collar guy. All right, man. So There's a lot of that in heavy music, man. That's, that's, yeah, that's yeah, the norm. That's, it's that's, a good thing. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, yeah, respect to that, man. Wow. So what is, is, your, is, is your wife into extreme grindcore? No, no, definitely not. <laughs> no, she likes some. I think she she can dig it on the live tip, and mm-hmm. uh, she's definitely become friends with a lot of like the bands just you know because we're just out, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, she's not. She's not into the the real extreme stuff. Okay, and what about your kids, man? Have they grown into uh, into the music? <laughs> maybe, my, maybe my youngest. My youngest can appreciate <laughs> it, but but the other two, no, they they could care less. Uh, that's dad's weird stuff. But look, you're gonna rebel against your parents, right? It's uh, how how do you do it when this is what your dad listens to? You know, like they get into EDM and all that crap. Yeah, yeah. It's hard <laughs> to rebel against the ultra rebellious underground no, uh, situation, it, you know. So it's um, funny, man. My 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 oldest son's friends, they all like punk and hardcore, and he's just like, nope. <laughs> he's definitely. I think he's just being stubborn. Yeah, that's, that's what his dad listens to, man. He yeah, he said, that's not cool. Nope. <laughs> It'll not. click one day. It'll yeah. click. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, he might appreciate all those records, man. <laughs> so, uh, uh, another thing um, is that, that I know you do is you frequently, as much as you can probably, you get out to shows and you set up the merch table, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you don't really see as many labels doing that. Our friend John Santiago from um, Third Eye Grind, he'll, he'll do that frequently, but you don't always see the labels and the distros at tables as much as you used to, right? No, it's become a real hassle, man. And yeah. um, a lot, especially now that the venues have gotten very small. Mm-hmm. So there's, re- there's usually not a lot of space. Um, that's always an issue. And a lot. A lot of a lot of the uh, the people that promote the shows they they get real bitchy about it and sometimes it's just not the, worth the headache to even ask some of these promoters. But um, it was definitely better and easier to do within like ten years ago or so. Yeah, there were yeah. different promoters and they were more open minded to it. Yeah, I remember um, back in the '90s when I first started going to shows. It was kind of just like a uh, you know it was it, it was, was a thing. It was Absolutely. a given that there was going to be like two or three guys there that just had just you know distribute. Yep. And and people might say that it takes like like it takes away from monies that the bands could make, but it's like no, nah, it doesn't, man. I'm either going to buy your band CD or I'm not. But if I buy a freaking internal suffering from this guy over here, it doesn't you know. Like, I wouldn't have spent that on your band's T-shirt or something, you know? Right. If, if people are there, they're there for the band, and they're going to buy that band's merch. If yeah. they're going to buy something from me, it's just a little added bonus, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and also, you know, I should add, too, before, you know, back, not not to be on the old man tip, but before the days of uh, downloading files and YouTube and social media and all that, you would, like, save up your... Like, I used to go in the, in the late 90s and early 2000s, I'd see Will Raymer from Mortician at shows yeah. all the time, and I would buy yep, a stack I, of I, CDs I bought- from him. I bought tons of shit off him yeah. too back then, man. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So it's so when when you do that though, because you still hang in there, and I see you around every once in a while with that. Like, I'm sure it's got to be a bitch, man. Do, do the do the 
the promoters and the venues that ever ask you for like a cut of what you make? Um, if they do, I just don't do it. I just yeah. don't set up. That's yeah. stupid. You know, like I'm happy to help promote the show. I'm happy to like work in, with the promoter or the venue or whatever. But anyone that's asking for a cut, man, just it's like, yo, we're not. There's not that much money being made, man. It's not like that, you know. So it's yeah. like it, you can't. It's that's impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, def, I definitely have turned down vending opportunities over that. Yeah, and I imagine nowadays it's probably more frequently that way, man. It just seems to be the climate when you when you deal with a lot of promoters and, and venues. Yeah, I mean, the last two times I've set up, it's either been like a festival environment or um, or it's a show I booked myself. Yeah. You know, that, that seems to be the only way I'm able to set up tables at shows these days. All, all the promoters I used to know back then that would hook me up with space, they don't do shows anymore. So it's, it's just like, ah, you can't, you can't even... And, Every venue I've been to the last few times, they, they're just shrinking, man. Every venue's just getting smaller and smaller. There's nowhere to even... Even for the bands playing, they barely have any space to set up. Yeah, that's, that's awkward, yeah. Yeah, it's really weird, man. Like they, they got these guys setting up like on stage, basically. You know, it, it's like... There's nowhere to... There's no space. Yeah, it's a lot of the, a lot of the, like the bigger venues that have those big tour packages and have have the space for merchandise nowadays, man. But not so much yeah, that's what you're going to pay, man. So Yeah, exactly, man. So, uh, I mean, speaking of, of your, your records and your merchandise, though, um, I did want to ask you about the the vinyl, pressing the vinyl. In today's climate, like, vinyl is, you know, it's, it's on the news. It's on, like, mainstream news that vinyl's back. Record stores are everywhere. People are buying more vinyl. Has it gotten easier for you to get it pressed up and manufactured? No, it's actually, di- it's actually gotten more difficult. Wow. Um, because the pressing plants are all backed up. Wow, they, they they can't keep up with the demand. Wouldn't have thought and of it. Okay. Yeah, that it's become a real hassle. You used to be able to get a record pressed quick. Hmm. Um, now you right. wait, man. Even just to get a test press, sometimes it can take months. So the manufacturing hasn't caught up with the demand. No, and the pressing plants. I mean, I think United just opened up a bigger facility, but most of them they don't. They're not hiring more people. They're not. Buying more machines, they're not. They're not. Yeah, these machines cost hundreds of thousands of dollars because they're not going to just want to blow all the money they made on that. Well, yeah. I mean, I I don't blame them either because who knows? Uh, right, they I, might I, dry, I it them, might dry up. Right. Yeah, exactly. They could see it as a fat, and that's yep. that's scary, you know. But uh, like, it's just it's the direct opposite. It's become a lot more challenging to get a record made, at least quickly. Wow. Yeah, there's more pressing plants though. There there are more options. But uh, they, they, these newer pressings, you have to be careful because a lot of these bands have samples on the records and you can't get away with it at certain places, certain places you can. It, it's always a trick. There's always something you got to, you know, Man, take precautions. I, I fucking hate that. Like, that assumed responsibility for shit. Like, yeah. who cares? Just press yeah. the fucking vinyl. Like, yeah. nah, they won't if someone do it. gets they, sued, they, it's not going to be them, you know? Yeah. It just it happened to me with that last Malignancy 7-inch we put out. We got caught with using the sample. We had to cut the record all over again and send it somewhere else. Wow. I was shocked, but it happened. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's fucking bullshit. Just print the yep. fucking vinyl and take the money, you know? Like, who cares? Like, nah, they, they're scared. They're so scared to get sued. Yeah, I know. I just shouldn't. It shouldn't fall on them is what I'm saying, you know? No, and they make you do so much paperwork signing off on this and, like, taking responsibility, and, and they still won't do it. Yeah, that's upsetting. Yeah. Have you ever had... Uh artwork refused because it was like too explicit <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> yes i have and, I, and it's um shout out to econo press man they're, they're the only pressing plant uh, printer out there that'll uh 
really take on anything, man. That 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 uh, that ruptured nihilistic seven inch, man. That was <laughs> really fucking hard to get pressed. They got turned down like ten times. Wow. Yeah, like nobody would touch the artwork. Nobody. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought brought up those bands. Because um, I wanted to ask just briefly, um, there's some things I noticed that you distribute and that you've released that are kind of like fairly obscure, older punk hardcore bands mm-hmm. um, that maybe people don't know about. Maybe could you explain who Rupture is for the listeners? Rupture was a band from Australia. Um, one of my favorites, man. And um, they ceased in, I think, 01 because the singer killed himself. Mm-hmm. But they were active from, I think, 90 or 91 to 01. Wow. Uh, they put out a slew of stuff in that time, and uh, they started as a super fast band, super fast hardcore band. Uh, they definitely go, they mess with that slap of ham crowd, the fast core crowd, um, and then they just said, like, hey, fuck it, man. They just started putting out some super offensive punk records, like, out of nowhere. They kind of just did a 180, and... Um, yeah. But they're, they're one of my favorite bands ever, man. And, and the Nihilistics, weren't they from New York? They're from Long Island, man. You're, Long Island, you're, you're, yeah. You're, you're turf, yeah. I've, I've heard the, the... Actually, shout out to Adam Rotelli. He's told me some stories about the Nihilistics and... and uh, yeah, I, think, I the think they started in 78, I think, man. Yeah, a way old school band, yeah. Yeah, really, real, real, real old school band. One of the first New York punk bands, man. And uh, people love them or they hate them, man. They're, 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 <laughs> they're that line in the sand. Bo- Rupture, too, man. The two line in the sand yeah. type of bands. Yeah, maybe, and, maybe uh, for... Uh, I, not so much sonically, but like aesthetically, maybe fans of Anal Cunt or something like that. GGI. Yeah, um, they don't sound. It's just. It's just. They don't sound like it. Well, that's the why I mean not. Yeah, not yeah, sonically. Yeah, definitely but, aesthetically. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. The, the the name of the band says it all, man. It's nihilistic. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Or you know your Gigi Allen type stuff. Whatever. You know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Outlaw stuff. Um, and and just move, moving along quickly. Um, there's something I saw that you you did you put it out or, or are you distributing it? The Vulgarity Kids discography. Oh, uh, that's a dis- distribution um, that came out on FOAD Records in Italy. I ha- I just had to ask you what who is that band? Um, they're, they're an '80s Japanese hardcore band, man. I, I just uh, I just posted that the other day just because I was updating my my website and yeah, um, no, I was yeah, I was I was uh, um, stalking you or cyber stalking you uh, <laughs> in preparation for the interview. Yeah, that was just part of like a uh, inventory update. But uh, yeah, killer band from Japan. Check them out, man. Yeah, and, real, real and, interesting riffs. And and one more thing in that in that vein, quickly that you're distributing um, is uh, something by a band UBR, Finnish punk band, I think. No, they were from Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia, uh, or, or former Yugoslavia. Yeah, that uh, early early '80s Yugoslavia band. Uh, really, if you like '80s hardcore, man, and it's as raw as it gets, man. I can't recommend that one enough. Yeah, U, a U period B period R period. Yeah, and uh, I'm not pronouncing what that stands for, man. I will butcher that really oh, bad. Okay, man. I, yeah, but, I just um, just a couple of things I saw in you know doing the research that I was hoping maybe you could uh, you could like explain for the um, for the listeners because there's a lot of wormholes you could go down with that old school punk stuff man and you tend to release yeah. a lot of stuff like you release these bands Agathocles Dead Infection Malignancy that everyone knows but you also carry and distribute a lot of fairly obscure old school stuff yeah I try I man I, look if it's something I like I try to get things I like too you know so yeah, it, of course. You know, so I'll definitely try to carry as much of that stuff as I can. Um, it could get pricey, though. I don't want to have to stock something and charge $30 for it. You know, that that, that sucks. So if it's like that, I'll, I'll pass. And a lot of those reissues tend to be like that. So if I can get it and it's affordable for everybody, including myself, I'll, I'll stock it. 
Yeah, of course, man. Of course, man. And and um, now dealing with like, do you have like a like a, a few different international distributors you work with, or is it just kind of like like look for it and see if you can find the type of thing? Um, it used to be a lot easier just because the postal rates have gone through the roof, man. So it's got it's gotten it's a little more difficult to distribute your stuff internationally. Um, but it's, it's definitely a, a lot of European labels will, will still work with me and we'll work we'll make deals and work things out. But it, it's a pain in the ass, man. Yeah, just because it's just gotten so expensive. What are there specific countries or regions that's got that it's gotten way more difficult in, uh, in since you started? No, it's 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 the same everywhere, man. It really is. Just the cost, everything. Cost of business is going yeah. Up. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's the man. same everywhere. H- have you, you can blame, go ahead. Blame the post office. Blame the post office. <laughs> blame yeah. Um, blame the government, man. Blame. Uh, well, if, the the thing is too overseas. Their postage rate. Some places they've gone up like us, but most of the places in Europe they still have decent postage rates. It's not so bad. You know, you can still order a LP over there and pay like ten bucks to get it shipped here. For us to ship one LP over there, it's like twenty three bucks. It's it's insane. So it's like, if the, if I can't make the deal work, I can't do it. You know, because it's like, it's not worth it for me to send five LPs overseas just to get five here. Then I'll have to charge forty bucks each for it. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. And and um, speaking of ordering LPs in general, uh, you know, one thing I was talking about before about you know the current climate with vinyl being kind of a, a fad or a hot commodity nowadays. It's coming back. Um, I'm a huge vinyl freak too, man. Um, ha- have you noticed the demand for? Because you put out a lot of like specialty, like cult grindcore and gore grind stuff, and people have always bought that on vinyl. So has that kind of like stayed the same, or has the demand gone up with that? I think it stayed the same. I think it's kind of like like quote unquote our format. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like we grew up listening to those bands on vinyl. That's what I now, would, uh, it was all seven inches, and it, it just never changed. I think people just want that to stay. As is. That's what I'd expect, man. Yeah, because because de- definitely one thing that the, the tape thing has definitely bl- blown up in recent years. Yeah. But um, but I think overall the vinyl will outlast every other format that comes and goes. As for 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 grind and gore grind and stuff like that. How easy is it to get tapes printed up? It's not easy, man. Those those plants are backed up now too. <laughs> um, unless you're doing it yourself, unless you're DIYing it, you know. Yeah, old school, bro. Yeah, Shout yeah, and that's, and that's fine, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John John's putting out a grip of tapes right now. I mean, he's been busy. Yeah, 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 dude. And uh, yeah, if you're DIYing it and you got the time and energy to do it, yeah, cool, do it, man. Because you're gonna wait a long time to get your tape pressed uh, professionally. Wow, man, that's crazy. That I, that I wouldn't think that, man. I figured that somebody would have filled that void now. To me, too. Nah, dude, they're, they're all backed up, man. Wow. They're all the CDs are the only thing you can still get done quickly. <laughs> Who wants to? Yeah, <laughs> close enough, you know. Yeah. Nah, you'd be surprised, man. I'm doing okay with CDs, man. They're they're not they're not dead. The underground. I know a lot of people still collect CDs, man. Nowadays, they're definitely I'm, not dead. I I'm way more partial to cassettes and vinyl nowadays, man. You know. I still like vinyl the best, man. Tapes, I feel like I wear them out. And uh, I had the, the least luck with keeping them in uh, good shape. Yeah, and I, I just have so many of them, man. Me too. I was in the '90s. I was tape crazy, man. But uh, now, now it's all vinyl. You used to tape trade back in the day. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, man. I got that. That's how I got into a lot of this stuff, man. Once yeah. uh, I wanted everything. I was one of those guys that just wanted everything, and that was the best way to do it, man. Just link up with guys trading. Yeah, get those C90s. 
yeah, <laughs> that fucking Max LC ninety brick man, that yeah, that yeah. twenty pack, yeah, nine ninety nine. Yeah, with the, yeah with the the bonus two tapes. With the, yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, man, I remember that man. We we've talked about that many a time, man. Um, so so with with the label now, man. I I know one of the most recent LPs. Maybe I I, I get this wrong. Is um sulf, sulfuric quartery. Yeah, that just came out on Friday, man. We yeah, just dropped it. Is it the chainsaws? Yep. Chainsaws clogged with the underdeveloped, underdeveloped brain matter of xenophobes. Yep, I'm, I'm looking at a box of them right here, man. Yep. Yeah, that's sulfuric cordery from Ohio. Yep, from from uh, Dayton and Lima. Uh, if you haven't heard that, you guys talk about ping a lot on this show, man. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. band is ping as fuck, man. If if you haven't checked them out. Yeah, I highly recommend yeah, it. Dive in. Yeah, really brutal. I guess I, you know you, you kind of they're a little bit gore grind, a little bit grind, a little bit noise core. They're just hyper blasting yeah. frenzy it's, kind of band. It's ridiculously fast, man, and um, I, it's it's incredible. I think right now I think they're the best American band going, man. They're they're really something else. Wow, and there's a lot of uh, footage of them um, on on YouTube and stuff. If people want to check them out, you can. Yeah, they play online. out a lot, man. They, yeah. I think they're going to Australia. I think like in a week or so, man. Wow. Yep. So, uh, and you just, that just came out Friday, you said? That just came out on Friday, man. We just dropped it, and it's going fast already, man. It's, uh, they had a nice little following, man, and, uh, they, they deserve it, man. Those guys play out a lot. They, they earned it, man. So were you trying to get that out for this Australian trip they're doing? Uh, no, not necessarily, man. We didn't know exactly when the vinyl would be finished. You know, it just turned out that way. We just got lucky. Oh, okay, man. Awesome, man. And, um... Yeah. And did you, you you also put out that uh, mass grave, our due descent was that that was fairly recent. Yeah, that I only did the CD version of that one. Okay. Unrest is the vinyl. I I did two other mat three other mass grave uh, LP releases. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about them because I know you've worked with them a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. And um, they're they're killer, man. Great band from Canada. If you like extreme noise, terror, and disrupt, and that kind of stuff, they're doing it even better. <laughs> awesome, and um. Uh, you know, I, I, I could. I, it's like I said before, man. I could sit here and talk bands with you all night, man. Um, with, with the label. Sure. And you did mention that you have some like kind of like uh, you know old, old school, like out of print or never pressed on vinyl stuff that you're working on printing that you're not gonna uh, re- reveal the mystery for us right now. Is there anything coming up that you, that you can tell us about upcoming releases or anything? You got? Yeah. What's coming up next? Next. Uh, the next seven. There's a seven inch coming out with a. It's a split with Surgical and Kirk, I'm not gonna say it right. Kernugia, Kernugia <laughs> from Ohio. It's a the singer from Embalmer. It's a different band he's in. Okay. And Surgical is uh, it's Billy from Brazerback with Steve O from Impetigo on vocals. Wow. Yes. I actually I came. Didn't they put out an album last year? They did. I think on Self Made God. I think put the the full length out. And um, this is good shit, dude. I think uh, yeah. people will be happy about it. If you if you if you like nice. Old school gory death metal. You'll, you'll dig it, man. Those are the two guys, man. I yeah, I just that just popped up in my like on my YouTube, uh, you know, a week or two ago. I haven't really gotten into it yet, man. But I was so psyched to see that those two guys were working on something, man. Yeah, it, it, it's it's good shit, man. And uh, the, the press the plants of the the records are ready. They just they haven't showed up at my house yet, but I still got to get the covers printed. Okay. So it should be out by the end of the year for sure. All right, sick, man. So um, that that being said, man. Uh, and and is there anything else you know coming up? Like I know you book shows a lot and things like that. Uh, nothing till twenty twenty, man. But uh, I'll probably announce the shows in like January or something like that. I just want to solidify my lineups and then I'll drop it, man. Okay, awesome, man. So 
Uh, then, then moving on, man, we are going to ask you if you could recommend for the listeners one older release and one newer release by any artist you want. Wow, man. Uh, th- this was tough, man. This was really hard, man. This was <laughs> super hard. Yeah. Um, which one first? Uh, we, what do we usually do? New and then old. Yeah, we do new, new first and then, and then classic last. N- new, man. The, the new was actually harder than the old for me, man, because there's so much insane new shit coming out right now. I think yeah, this you're, is a, you're up on everything. Yeah, I've been, I've been very vocal, man. I think this is a, a, a golden era right now for Grindcore, man. I really think mm-hmm. there's just a lot of good shit coming out. And if you're an older dude who's like not checking shit out, I feel bad for you, man, because you're missing out on a lot of shit, man. But uh, I'm going to pick... Uh, from Japan, Mortify, man. They just put a CD out on Obliteration. It's called, uh, oh, what the fuck is it called? Like, Stench of Swedish Chainsaw, I think is the name of the CD. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's Chainsaw. like total... Have you seen this, man? Uh, no, I'm not up on this, bro. It's killer, man. It, it's one of the dudes from Final Exit. Oh, uh, my I God, think... I gotta get into this. I assume it's like Swedish death metal style with that name. Exactly, yeah, but yeah. it's... Gr- but... It's grindcore, man. They, they, it's like HM2 grindcore. Oh man, obliteration yeah, records, final X. Now you're talking my language, man. Yeah, dude, you, you really need to get on that, man. It's, 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 it's so good. I, I, it blew my mind. I was like, this, this, this is perfect, man. This is wow. really well done. So that's my new, my new pick. Mortify stench of Swedish chainsaw. I think that's what it's called. Oh my god, and maybe just real quick. Uh, there's a lot to talk about with Obliteration Records, but that's an extremely long-running kind just, of cult grindcore Japanese label. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that label, man. I'm a real big fan of that label. Yeah. I, I finally, I met Naru finally like a year or two ago, and I was just like kind of like starstruck, man. I was like, oh shit, man. Because I'm, I'm a huge CSSO fan too, man. Yeah, I was gonna, so. I was gonna bring that up. He, uh, that's Naru from CSSO. We've talked about them a little bit on the podcast before, um, and you've actually released some of their stuff on vinyl, right? No, I wish, man. I did. I did oh, okay. a Butcher ABC record though. I which yeah. Is, which I think I, also in. I think I bought CSSO stuff from you that you were distributing. Yeah, I got definitely distributing. Yeah, for sure. Any, anything I can get my hands on CSSO, I'm all over it, man. But uh, but that Butcher yeah. ABC. What what was that record called that you put out? It was a split with Unholy Grave. Okay, awesome. Two two great bands, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was. It, I'm, I was happy about that. Needless to say, Unholy um, Grave almost comparable to Agathocles and and how long they've been around and how influential. For sure, man. But I think right now it seems like they're slowing down, and yeah. the Godfrey's are still going forward, man. Energizer Bunny, man, Jesus. My yeah, unbelievable, man. What a wow! So legacy, man. <laughs> so Mortify from Japan, and and uh, you have a um, a classic release to recommend. Yeah, this was tough for me to think about too, but I had to go with my gut, man. And I'm picking uh, the old Croatian band, another band, ex Yugoslavia, Paterini. Paterini from Yugoslavia. Yeah, man, and wow. the, the seven inch. It's a seven inch um, called from from here to eternity. Okay. It's a live seven inch from 1990, man. Uh, I think it's on YouTube, man. <laughs> Look it up. It's fucking killer, dude. It's from '90, and the fact that something this intense and insane came out back then from that part of the world blows my mind, man. And um, I really can't say enough good things about that record, man. Wow. Could you spell the name of the band? P-A-T-A-R-E-N-I. Okay, man. Wow. Paterini. Paterini, man. We've got to check that out, man. What, what? I mean, if you got to box it in, like, what kind of music, like, roughly? 
Um, it's 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 grindcore that definitely leans a little more towards punk most of the time, but not on this record, man. <laughs> this wow, record is wow. fucking furious, and um, I really, I, it's it's probably what it's in my top five favorite records ever, man. And it's, considering it's a live record, it, it, it's just nuts, man. Wow. So so you recommend this Potterini, and you also briefly talked about that band UBR before. Um, is there? I mean, I've never, I, you know, I don't know much about Yugoslavia. Was there a big scene back in the day there? Oh, uh, the, the, dude, I got through you. I got into them because they did a split with Paterini, man. That's the only reason I, they were on my radar. And, <laughs> okay, um, man. Yeah, yeah. You just find random things sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Th- there definitely there's a there's a lot to dig through, man. You could really dig deep, but uh, yeah. there was definitely a lot more bands there, man, for sure. Wow, very interesting, man. All right, so Ralph. Uh, you know, I, I I feel like we could keep talking all night, man. There was a lot of bands um, that that you've put out over the years that that I, you know I, I would love to ask you about, man. Maybe we could do a part two sometime, man. Or maybe we'll just Anytime, talk a person, man. talk a person at a show, man. The listeners can can never unlock the mystery. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> but um, no, I'm just kidding, man. We'll, we'll we'll get you back for part two eventually, man. And um, we want to see what those uh, those mysterious releases that you're gearing up to put out next year are. So so definitely, we're gonna keep an eye on that. Uh, and we just appreciate your time and talking to us about your story and what it's like running your label, dude. Hey, man, I'm honored, man. I'm a fan of the show, man. So I'm real honored that you guys had me on, man. Yeah, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Yeah, sure thing, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, dude. And any uh, any last things you want to say to um, to anyone listening? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Yonkers style, man. We don't want to talk. All right, man. You have the Haunted Hotel Records uh, website. Uh, what's what's the website address? It's Haunted Hotel Rex, R-E-C-S dot com. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you just recently updated it, I noticed. Um, yeah, lots of new stuff in the, in the, in this web store. Yeah, and, and I, you're on, uh, the, you're on the old Facebook. I'm on the Foch. I'm yeah. on Facebook. I'm on, what's the other one? Instagram. Instagram, no, yeah. No, the, no, the kids love that Instagram, right, Ralph? They, they love the gram, man. They yeah, do it for the gram. Uh, you, are your kids on Instagram? My oldest son is, man. Oh, my God, man. man. Oh, it's, yeah, man. It's not cool. It's yeah. so not cool. Yeah, kids nowadays, man. That's how he's battling against you. I've blocked all of his friends. I don't want his friends looking at my page at all. Oh, boy. Yeah, awkward. <laughs> take a, awkward. Take a walk, kids. Yeah, not for you. <laughs> Daddy, who's catheter? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, man. <laughs> Well, uh, awesome, man. Well, um, Ralph, thanks again, man. And, uh, you know, the listeners can check out your stuff, man. Highly recommend it if you want those uh, exclusive uh, Grindcore and Gore Grind vinyls, man. We'll be in touch, Ralph. All the best, brother. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it, man. Of course. Peace, man. Later. good to talk to ralph um you know the good guy man I've, I've known him for a few years around here in the local scene i've bought a lot of records off him i've ordered through the mail i bought him at shows uh you can trust the guy that's that's my that's my word for the listeners man um and again just urge you to peruse that website of his uh stay in touch with him on the facebook and the instagram he's always putting out and distributing uh, hard to find things and um things that maybe are hard to find on the vinyl format too or the cassette format too man so shout out to ralph haunted hotel records Hell yeah. Gotta get him back. 
a lot of good recommendations in there, so I guess it's time for us to do our recommendations. Yeah, this guy Ralph's talking about music all night. I want to hear you guys talk about music. All right, so my new one for the evening is a band called Veilburner. Veilburner? Yeah. Okay. This is their album released December 28th of 2018. So mm-hmm. I'm cutting it close there on the year thing. Uh, a sire right. to ghouls of lunacy. Wow, ghouls. Yeah. Love, I like that word, man. They, they use it well. <laughs> and it's a two-man band from Pennsylvania. Uh, the two members are Mephisto Deliterio, mm-hmm. who does all the instruments. And on vocal duty is uh, Chrisom Inferium. Wow, who would think In- two Infer- guys... Infernium. Two guys with those names would find each other and start a band. It's... Yes. Especially in Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania Inferniums, yes. Yeah. It's experimental, blackened, death metal. Super epic. This is storyteller music. I think we brought it up before when, when Justin, you brought in Frontierer. Mm-hmm. How that band uses um, digital recording and maximizes their product. I get the same thing here. Yeah. This album is a, a journey. It's a really tasteful use of what a, you can do with a computer without... Um, I guess without relying on it, it's sure. not the crutch. It's it's really using it as a canvas. Um, a lot of cool synths, crazy guitar tone changes, um, uh, choirs, and uh, just really epic sounding shit. Commanding songwriting all the way through this. Um, every step of the way, it's dramatic in the right places. It's flamboyant in the right places. It's an emotionally like healthy album. Um, not to say it's like happy and all that. It's just really taps into emotion musically mm. a lot. Um, I can't really compare any one band to this. They really have their own sound. Um, I could pick apart different parts of it and tell you where I think that influence came for that part, but it, it all works together so well that that would be like a disservice. To mm-hmm. it. So it's pretty much the only thing I've been listening to this week. It's great. Excellent find. Uh, Spotify did me right this time. Definitely sounds really easy on your ears. Super easy to listen to and get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, the You know, the melodies, and, and it, it, it's, it's a lot of ear candy going on, man. Yeah, catchy without being hokey. Yeah, it's just positivity is just flowing mm-hmm. with this, I hear. I, yeah. I definitely want to check this out, man. I'm getting kind of, uh, I, I don't want to be, there was, um, I don't want to be, the, the, this isn't a flex, there was this old Finnish band, uh, Paroxysm, uh, which you can look up their stuff, man. Old, old Finnish death metal band, and they kind of did a thing similar to what Amorphous did on um, uh, maybe Black Winter's Day or, or you know some of that stuff where they go a little psychedelic but still keep the metal, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I'm kind of hearing that with some of this. It's really, really cool. It has this like very kind of like mystical, uh, you know, like almost like oh, maybe a, a little bit of a Black Sabbath and 70s infused vibe and some of the... The, the choice of notes, I guess. Right. Right now, we're only listening to one of the the nine songs or yeah, the ten yeah. songs on it. When you listen yeah. to it, like the, the things you'll pick out of it, it's like a black metal cephalic carnage at times. Um, and then it, it's like just the tasteful parts of what Dimmu Borgir does without being uh, Tim Burton-y about it. Uh, you know? And yes. I'm not knocking that. It's they just, do get Tim Burton-y sometimes, bro. Even with the, they got, they got the guy's got the top hat. Come on. 
Yeah, that, <laughs> that's one of my favorite band pictures of all time. Yeah, um, but no, the, the, getting back to this, this is really, it's like very tasteful and classy. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I, yeah, what you said, there's like more songs. I want to, uh, I want to read the rest of this book, you know? There's yeah. like a, there's a little bit of a cynic vibe here too. And, and mm-hmm, I always yeah. thought like, you know, a lot of tracks on, uh, on Trace and Air, like sound like they could be picked out of a Disney movie. You know what yeah. I mean? But they're obviously not, you know, it's, it's not like a, uh, a cinematic musical kind of cartoony kind of thing but it's got that uh that that positivity that major that happiness yeah uh, yeah it's totally in this it's a good mix of qualities and yeah. I, I i highly highly recommend this album this is uh classy of you to bring to the table thank you enjoy like a like a plate of uh shrimp yeah this is some like you know really smelly blue cheese yes <laughs> <laughs> So I have a uh, Gulch from Santa Cruz, California. This uh, brand new 2019 single promo two-track jump-off piece on uh, Creator Destructor Records. Um, this band is sick. Not as well, probably sicker than I was last week. <laughs> um, we got this kind of death metallic punk thing going on, dripping with hardcore urgency and intensity, and a little bit of a blackened edge. Just like like a seared tuna, blackened just like a little bit. Um, they probably have that in California. Yeah, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Worldwide, even. Yeah. Um, so uh, these two track, uh, two tracks. One I we're listening to, I believe, is "Cries of Pleasure," "Heavenly Pain," mm-hmm. and "Self-Inflicted Mental Terror." Um, they're incredibly fun and dark and addictive. I've been kind of just listening to these two tracks on repeat for the past couple of days, um, and I'm not bored of it. Well, wow, it started off like Finnish death metal, yeah. and now it's here. It's yeah. crazy. Exactly. Uh, really cool. Like you know, we talk about bands just completely melting genres together, and this is this is uh, a newer band incorporating that death metal, that hardcore, you know, and, and plus uh, in a really cool way. Uh, production is super uh, organic and beastly, and the vocalist um, Elliot is his name. Uh, his performance stands out uh, more so than anything for me on this. Um, I think the combination of him with this really creative approach of songwriting sets this band apart. Um, and if you dig it, check out their other two releases, uh, 2018's Burning Desire to Draw Last Breath and 2017's Demolition of Human Construct. Hmm. Uh, they're at gulchca.bandcamp.com. .com. <laughs> oh, this is sick. This is like Dead Kennedy is writing black-ass metal. This song fucking rules. It's like Dark Throne Kennedys. Yeah.
right, boys. Uh, this is Darkall Slaves. D A R K A L L Slaves from France. Uh, and this is their 2019 promo song. I'm going to try to pronounce it Castlephrenic Apperception. Don't know what that means. Um, this is a cool band, man. And they've actually been around for a while. I think they've been around since 06. You can uh, you, you can backtrack and check out the promo 2008 um, and the Transcendental State of Absolute Suffering full length they put out in 2014. But this song that uh, you can check out, I found it on YouTube. It's a promo song um, for this for this upcoming album that they're about to put out uh, on New Standard Elite Records. And you've heard us talk about that label. Uh, Paula Paguntalan shed some light on that label in the first Ping episode. We've since recommended a few different releases uh, that that label's been coming out with. And this is some really good death metal. I'm going to keep my eyes on this one. I want to get this, and I'm probably going to want it on vinyl. Because these guys, um, there are guttural slamming parts and sections. They are competitive with the modern slamming sound. But there's something a little extra there. There's a... um, there's a little bit of cryptopsy and cannibal corpse in there. Uh, there's songwriting, the bass playing, the production on the drums. Uh, there's something that's very satisfying to kind of like a 90s elitist such as myself. These guys, to me, uh, you know, and I don't know them personally or know their, their history, but they seem like guys that are very well versed in your classical death metal, uh, your 90s brutal movement, and they're staying competitive with where brutal death metal is going but they're not falling into those like very generic monotone you know chug 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 you know like constantly just the whole song is like a you know connect the dots type of thing right yeah no this is intense though yeah these guys are a great death metal band and what i like is that they don't just blast all the way through the song uh, monotone and they don't just slam all the way through the song monotone they write a really good death metal song that has elements of all those things man uh and and again like i you know I didn't want to whip out the big guns, but the you know, Hate Eternal, Cryptopsy, Cannibal Corpse. Um, this is really good death metal. It doesn't break the wheel. It's not too flashy. It's not too technical. But it's it's well-written, well-performed death metal by great musicians. And um, I'm going to have my eyes on this band. So check out Dark All Slaves from France. Uh, and they're going to have a new album out very soon on New Standard Elite Records. Maybe even by the time this episode is uploaded, man. So you're going to want to keep your eye on this band, man. Vocals are so sick man and something you know just real quick something i wrote down um that this brought to my mind chris basile uh from pyrexia i've uh, been on the show tons of times now you should know by now uh one thing he said to me once about like slams and breakdowns uh it's kind of like when you watch a good horror movie they don't just whack everybody right in the first scene most of the time you got to build things up you got to build up to something and set a tone you know what i mean you got to know when to drop the slam you know right. so just, just keep that in mind, man. These guys know what they're doing, and they're going to satisfy your new school heads, but I also think your old school heads, too. The fucking bass sounds like fucking spoon hitting like yeah. pudding or something. I really like it, man. For my old one this evening, 
I didn't go that underground. I went to uh, an old eating goodie. I'm sure a lot of you know this one. Oh boy. So that, this is. Uh, that, that riff sounds so nice in my headphones right now. Doesn't it? I love this fucking mix so much. I love this mm-hmm. album, man. Yeah. This is Serpents of the Light by Deicide. Sure is. A lot of good things to say about this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason this one's a classic, it sticks out in their uh, discography. Personally, this is my second favorite. I'll talk about my favorite favorite later on a different episode. But yeah, it's it, it's it's on point. It comes at, this came out uh, Roadrunner Records, nineteen ninety seven. Been out for a while. Start with the album cover. I just love it because it's it's probably the most disturbing of their album covers. I feel like some sometimes they try a little hard, and this <laughs> one this one is like. Extra serial killer. Very abstract and different for a death metal album cover, too, man. Yeah, this is definitely my favorite Deicide album cover, for sure. I mean, it definitely expresses that they're not huge fans of Christianity, but, <laughs> but I mean, they do so in a very abstract, weird way, man. It's it's weird art. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, y'all know this band. Glenn Benton. I'm not, I've never really been a huge fan of Glenn Benton's lyrics. Uh, they're... They're a little too bold-faced, but he's a fantastic performer, and I love his performance on this record. Killer shit. He's just got that that disgusting voice. Um, frantic, intense. Uh, the production is way tighter than the previous one, uh, album Once Upon the Cross, which is also not really their best album. Um, Contro- controversial statement, but I could back you on that. Yeah, I, I, I'll do a little research when I'm bringing in a classic one and kind of get other people's feels on it. I'm not really that into that album. It seems to be a little bit of a broken audience, divided, if you will. And, uh, I mean, both albums were recorded at Morris Sound. And this one just sounds, um, it sounds more conservative in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, the other one, they, I feel like they tried to go a little, like, hi-fi on it. And it wasn't really working for them in 1995. Um, that worked for their later catalog. I, I think, but at this point, this this mix, this production, really works with this style of, of songwriting. Yeah, um, the Hoffman brothers just kill it on this fuck now. They are so tight together. They should. This is my favorite Deicide album. Yeah, this uh, as of yet. Um, yeah, they they still put out good shit, man. That one yeah, they put that, out last year was mm-hmm. really good. Um, Deicide. I've I've long said Deicide is one of very few extreme death metal bands that's been around forever and never put out an album that really let their fans down or betray their core audience. You can pick and choose Deicide albums, and I'm sure there's some people that would say, well, that album sucks, but, I mean, Deicide never put out the new Metal album. They never put out the Industrial album. No, it, they, it, you know... It's, you know, obviously, some are better than others. Um, yeah, but they... Subjective shit. Um, this one, I feel like, really nails it mm-hmm, for a absolutely. lot of people and a lot of, you know, ticks a lot of boxes. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Steve Ashheim, the drummer, uh, I feel like he's... His peak performance during this album. He is so Great tight. I love, like, he has a distinct blast beat and even more so a distinct D beat. Like, when he's doing that, that punk rock Slayer beat, yeah. he has his own way of doing it, and it's really cool. Um, and it, he, even the latest album, he's still playing the same way, but I feel like this is, 97 is where he uh, really came to his own on that. Um, always a good drummer. He's never put yeah. out a bad performance, but I really like this one. Yeah, no, this is just a great flow. This whole album, everything came together great, man. Yeah. So if you don't know it, check it out and revisit it. Yeah. It's been a while. And, you know, um, you know, also not to knock Once Upon the Cross, a great album, uh, but a lot of people don't venture beyond that with Deicide. People kind of stick to the classics, the ones that always come up, The you know. But, uh, yeah, The Serpents of Light. And I also... 
just quickly uh, incinerate him. Yeah, another great Deicide album. I mean, we could yeah, go on. Two thousand one. Yeah, I that that was. I believe that was the last Hoffman Brothers one. I, I think and, you're right, yeah. and that's really where people fall off because yeah, people are yeah. really um, they're. they're they're diehard fans of those Hoffman brothers, and they're great guitar players. I don't, I, I get it. I understand it because that's kind of, you know, I'm that way with certain bands too. But uh, yeah, but yeah. DSI, great catalog. This album, another great album. You got to revisit, man. <laughs> Okay, so today my classic release. Uh, I'm bending the rules of classic, although this is a classic band. This is a 2006 recording released in 2012. This is Lymphatic Flems, Putrescent Stiffs, and Pungent Whiffs, 7-inch. <laughs> release, come on, you gotta love it. If, it, uh, if it's got whiffs, it's, it's a good time. Yeah, released by the classic Black Hole Productions uh, label, um from uh, Brazil and Lymphatic Flem also being uh, a legacy uh, Brazilian gore grind band Lymphatic Flem man mm. there uh, I have a personal story man we uh, we, uh, we of course had Adam Rotella on recently uh, and I actually remember the very first time that I saw Adam get packages and do tape trading and stuff like right in front of me I was hanging out with Adam's younger brother uh, and I came over to the house and Adam was there and it was a Saturday morning and the mail arrived and he actually got a lymphatic phlegm demo in the mail from Brazil in a package that morning. And I saw this guy open up a package from Brazil, Brazilian stamps or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. little letter from this dude from Brazil and a demo cassette, uh, lymphatic phlegm. Um, it wasn't this release. It was, it was one of their demos, but that blew my mind. Yeah. And um, I think I was probably 15 or 16 when I saw that, man. And that just, you know, that'll always stick with me. And I ended up writing lymphatic phlegm and ordering stuff and tape trading with them and, and uh, really nice guys, real diehard underground guys, man. Always made the effort to write you back and write a little letter and stuff, man. Even made me a little bonus tape one time, man. Really cool guys. And this band Lymphatic Phlegm is so sick. Even if you're not a gore grind type of person, this is a band that I recommend. Uh, they they stand apart. I don't Nowadays, I assume there's probably some bands out there that are trying to emulate them, and they may have even spawned their own subgenre of, like, gore grind and cyber grind. I could be wrong on that, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. But in the 90s, the, when these guys came out, um, there were drum machine bands, but uh, these guys, they just have something very different. They've always had this very strange... Uh, guitar tone. Maybe, I don't You guys might be able to put into words better what's going on with the guitars better than me. It's very thin and tinny and uh, it sounds like there's a lot of like reverb on it. And yeah, it's it's got a, 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 it's got an air to it. It's, uh, so it's, there's definitely a bunch of verb. It's not like it's not boomy at all, but it's pleasant. It's really pleasant on the ears actually. If you told me to dial up 
a gore grind tone. Thoria, uh, this is not where I would go. Yeah, this like is seventies yeah. doomy kind of tone. Yeah, seventies doom, and I have always compared this to the more of your melodic black metal uh, guitar production mm-hmm. because you hear the tones and and the atmosphere of the guitars perfectly. It shines right through the drum programming through the years too. They've they've never gone the just emulate a human drummer as much as we can. The drumming is very rigid and mechanical and sometimes uses kind of weird kind of timing, weird beats, man, and and doesn't like they it doesn't seem like they've ever made an effort to change uh, uh, tones of the drum samples that they use. They always it's like a part of their sound, man. This is the lymphatic phlegm sound and you're going to get that sound on pretty much every recording they make, give or take, you know, uh, uh, the production value a little bit, man. But this is what they do. And they're such an original, unique band. And I just want to keep that black metal comparison that I brought up because I've always likened these guys to like listening to, um, you know, how some people listen to, to like like a band like Burzum, mm. that's or Burzum as they say, I guess. Uh, it's cold. Yeah. Um, uh, but the atmosphere of those guitars, where you kind of like let that that it, it floats through the air, kind of you know, like a like a cloud or something, man. And and. Uh, you hear it clearly through these blast beats, and and that that has an atmosphere in itself. But then when you hear the vocals of Lymphatic Phlegm, it's some of the most scary, demonic pitch shifter vocals you're ever going to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and that's that's like the sonic package of Lymphatic Phlegm. The other thing is that especially earlier on, but all through their career, they kept uh, their song titles are like like you know how Mortician has really long samples before their songs. Yeah, Lymphatic Phlegm kind of does that with the song titles. Like, the second song on this release is called Warning, the cadavers will be received into and released from the mortuary room by Lymphatic Phlegm's personnel only, not pathology residents. Or, or the fourth song on this release, Behind the sternum are the putrescent gifts enshrouded in necrotic remains. Well, that's an interesting artistic choice. Um, I guess it's just a place you can put more poetry, if you think about it. Well, yes, and also... Uh, this pathological gore grind is a thing. The the pathological lyrics. Uh, there are bands that do this. Uh, none that sound like Lymphatic Phlegm, and I think they predate a lot of those bands. It kind of takes off of what Carcass was doing. And look at this artwork, very Carcass-like. You know, the, it's it's interesting that you could come to this sonic sound from influence the influence of the band Carcass. That's a great album cover. Yeah, the artwork is really nice on this too. Man, Lymphatic Phlegm used a lot of real gore over the years too. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try to flex. Let's see this. I'm, I'm free balling right now. I believe I remember one of those ridiculous song titles from the demo. I think it was Necrosis of a Rather Extensive extensive Part of the Jejulum Ilium. Well, that, I, I don't have my... Uh, I can't fact check you. I'm, so. I'm right, Flex. <laughs> ask, ask Ralph, because the whole reason... Well, not the whole... But one of the reasons I picked this in particular for this episode is that I bought the 7-inch from Ralph from Haunted Hotel Records. He did not release it, but he distributes them. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Uh, and that's just the type of stuff you can find in his catalog, man, but... Just this is uh, a really special band to me, and I'm glad that I could bring up Lymphatic Phlegm. And I got to shout Dan Olivencia hardcore on this man because that's one of our bands that we love so much, man. When we were in Biolage together, and to this day, man. And shout Adam Rotella for turning me on to Lymphatic Phlegm, man. So real awesome band. And again, there's like a photo collage of these guys on this uh, seven inch, and yeah, it's just good. You just got you got some guy who just had like a blue lollipop showing off his tongue. 
You got this other this other guy. His head is completely just split open. There's blood everywhere. He's probably not in the band. The dead guy. Yeah. The, the, lolly, the lollipop guy is probably one of those guys yeah, joking you got, around. You got this just a, a few, just about a handful of dogs just chilling. Yeah, they love dogs. They're good guys, yeah. man. But it's just that it's always been the two guys in the band, so it's cool to kind of see yeah. this other side of the band. It's, it's good. Yeah, man. I will definitely back up what you said before about um, this is the gore grind you recommend to people who don't like gore grind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. yeah. This is gore grind for like atmospheric black metal people and and uh, industrial electronic people and stuff. You know, this is yeah, it's I got, a very interesting band. I'm gonna dive into this. This sounds awesome. Very Thanks cool. for bringing this in, dude. Tons of releases, and what's cool too is that it's like I said, it's a very reliable sound. They don't break character much, but there's different production values. Some of the some of them have a little bit more raw, a little bit more beef to the guitar. So check it out, man. Lymphatic Flem from Brazil. So, uh, really great talking to Ralph from Haunted Hotel Records tonight. Uh, I've already recommended that label and plugged them a bunch of times, man. Go check them out. You want your cult grindcore vinyl. You want your, um, it distributes all sorts of stuff, man. So, just peep Ralph out, man. Order some stuff, man. Yeah. Guy's a family man. Come on, keep him in business. You know what I'm saying? Um, Fantastic. Yeah, dude. Uh, you guys recommended some great stuff that I want to check out, man. I, I, gotta, I gotta get behind that veil burner. Um... I was really happy to bring up Lymphatic Phlegm just now to uh, the listeners. Now, say the listeners want to return the favor and tell us about some stuff. Uh, you could always get in touch with us on the Facebook, the Instagram, the old Twitter. Email us at heavyholepodcast at gmail.com. But what we really want you to do and what we really prefer you to do, call me. Yeah. Why don't you... Uh Call Will directly yeah, yeah. at uh no 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 chill 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 chill. All right, give what, us what's the yeah, yeah what's the podcast number? All right, give us a call at six three one eight three seven three two seven four. That's the podcast number. Or is that Will's number? That's uh, the podcast number. Will's number did you is say my the- number. Yeah. <laughs> what what's the, what number did you just say? Um, I just said the uh, the number you should call, which is six three one eight three seven three two seven four. All right, man. That's, yeah. See, that's how you improv, man. Uh, sorry, also, one sorry, other thing I'd like to sorry. plug. We do have the Patreon up, so if you like the show and you want to help out with that, what do you get? Um, so the whole help, we shout you out on the podcast because uh-huh. we appreciate your time. And the Alleged League, you, you will also get the shout out, but then you'll get the bonus episodes we'll be releasing. And also, it's kind of a moving operation, so we're going to be adding more perks, yeah, possible discounts to mm-hmm. future merch stores and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Brainstorming on the merch and the perks and the things and the bonuses. Yeah, we're building yeah. this together, folks. Yeah, but just uh, give us the money. Just trust us. We'll come up with cool shit. Yes. <laughs> I'm so pay, hungry. Pay it, up, <laughs> pay it forward. Uh, heavy Hole Podcast. Support the scene. One. So hungry. 